Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest has managed a band and toured the US and Europe done large-scale event planning for festivals in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Seattle, been an executive director for an NFL foundation and spent half a decade plus fundraising for national nonprofits. They have traveled the globe, ridden a camel in Egypt, danced through the Hall of Mirrors in Versailles, volunteered in soup kitchens, sewn their own clothes, has two rescue dogs and recently survived breast cancer. And if that all wasn't enough, is also the author of the book, I'm the Boss of Me, Teaching Children Confidence, Character and Self-Esteem. Welcome, Casey Weishi. How are you today? Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Claire. I'm doing great. I'm down here in Florida and I'm having a wonderful day. Awesome. That's brilliant. Hey, look, wow. What a roller coaster ride. You have done so, you've packed so many things into your life. It's just unbelievable. This is believable. I've, I've, I've done them. <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah, exactly. And also, you've written a book, and that's really what we're here to talk about. So, like, I'm the boss of me. Like, tell us about how you got to write the book. Well, um, so in all the various different things I've done in my life, um, the thing that I've done that I've loved the most has been raising my son. And I have quite a little rascal of a son. And back when he was <laughs> very big, rascal, yeah. um, he would get in trouble with the teachers all the time. And he would, um, he'd raise his hand and call the teachers liars because they said they were going to take him out to um, recess at 10. And that 10.03, his hand would shoot up and they'd say, yes, Owen. And, and he'd say, you lied to us. You're a liar. The teacher's like, what? <laughs> and he, and he'd say, you said you were going to take us to recess at 10 and it's 10 Oh three. And, uh, well, he's right. yeah, he hadn't quite, this is when he was around seven. He hadn't quite developed the gray area of thinking yet. And he, yeah. he, uh, I got a note home that night. Um, and the teacher said, can you please have him not call me a liar friend of the whole class? And so I turned to him and I went, honey, why do you keep doing this? And he said, I can't help it, mommy. My mouth made me did it, do it. And I went, well, you, you need to be a better boss of your mouth. And he just kind of looked at me and I kind of looked at him and I realized I wasn't teaching him that. I wasn't teaching yeah. him that he needed to be the boss of his mouth. So that night we went into the study, we pulled out blank pieces of paper. I uh, put the names of body parts like eyes, ears, nose, mouth on the top of each page. I asked him to draw a picture of each part. He did. And then we talked about them. We talked about, you know, what, what should hands do? And he'd say, well, you know, they they should hold something carefully or they can, they can shake hands or clap. And we went through all the body parts and we got to mouth and I was like, and what should the mouth do? And we talked about, you know, using nice words in a friendly voice, eating vegetables, and I, and I was very, very adamant at, and keeping it shut. We need to keep our mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. At the right times, so, yeah. yeah. It's nice that you're raising your hand, but there are things you don't need to say. And yeah. um, we made a little book that night and we stapled it together. And I still have that original copy. Yeah. And that's, that's how the whole thing started 13 years ago when he was seven. Wow. Getting in trouble with Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wow. And so, and so, so that was 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. So now we've got a book that's out there published that people can buy. Yes. Yeah. So how did you, how did, how did it morph from just a little exercise that you did with your son mm -hmm. to get him to um, be the boss of his body to a book? Well, I'd always said, you know, one day I'm going to publish that one day you know, and one day just wasn't coming and it was, you know, life was happening and I was raising him on my own and I was um, 
you know, a, a professional. I was working. I was, you know, dealing with daycare. I was doing all the things that moms do. Yeah. And um, then I met my husband. And so he was a boyfriend for a while, then a fiance, then a husband. And um, we were all living together. My son got into college and he actually had a full scholarship to a yeah. full academic scholarship. But I had been saving money for him for all those years. So um, with him getting a full academic scholarship, I suddenly had a little extra spending cash that I could hire an illustrator. I could go get the book published and uh, start a marketing campaign. And, and it literally happened after I was recovering from breast cancer. And my husband said, honey, what do you want to do? Like, you, you yeah. don't have to work. Do what you want to do right now. You've yeah. just beaten cancer. And I said, I want to write, I'm the boss of me. And so with my son's and with his permission, with yeah. his college money and um, <laughs> the story that we, we did, you know, 13 years ago, we, I sat down and hammered it out. And now we have a little book. Wow. And because, so talk to me about the themes in the book, because there are three themes in the book as well yes. um, that you, you highlight and um, work through as well. And talk, sure. and talk about how the book's, because I, I love the book. It's very simple. You can, like, who's the book? Sorry, I'm, do, I'm just bombarding you with lots of questions because <laughs> there's lots. <laughs> but, like, okay, so let's take a step back. Breathe. Who, how, what age range are you directing the book at? Because I know you wrote it when he was seven. Yeah. But, like, looking at it, it's very simple. You could even use this with younger children, couldn't you? Yeah, I'm going to flash it up here real quick. I'm the boss of me. And it is Loving just a work. little board book. And I'm just going to do a quick yeah. little, you know, it's little pages. It's very diverse. But um, there are three basic themes to it. And two were ones that I absolutely planned out. And one was just a wonderful yeah. happenstance that I'm thrilled about. So the first one was about um, keeping your mouth shut. <laughs> it was all about being the boss of your body. And having accountability for your actions and your words, having responsibility. So that that was one I definitely wanted in there. This book was going to be for children. And then the mm. next thing that I wanted um, that was deliberate was diversity and inclusiveness. I have as many different skin tones in there. I have a child in a wheelchair. I have a child with glasses. I have a little girl with a bindi. I want any child to pick up the book and say, that looks like me. Hey, yeah. I can be a boss of me. So those are the two themes that I absolutely wanted in there. And I didn't have a third one, <laughs> or so I thought. <laughs> I thought it was, I'm like, two, I'm good. Um, all the child psychologists, all the teachers, all the people in, um, in child safety and childhood development have informed me that I have obviously written a book about body safety for children. Yeah. And being the boss of their body, they can say things like, well, I'm the boss of my body, so you can't touch me or you can't hug me. I'm not comfortable with that. And it gives them the ability to start that conversation with a safe grown-up. Mm. So the three themes ended up being responsibility, personal accountability, uh, diversity and inclusiveness, and then body safety and body autonomy. And I swear, I totally meant to do that last one. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Of course. <laughs> and three makes it such yeah. a lovely round sort of, um, you know, top three things, et cetera, et cetera. No, no. And look, and I have to say, thank you for writing the book because it's helped me with my five-year-old regarding being the boss of oh, his yeah. mouth and being the boss of his body. And so it's it's been a very... Um, Mm -hmm. interesting experience actually using some of the because you sent me some of the um the we well, sent me the book and things and so some of the actual pages I've actually used with him to um to actually say you know hey um what does your mouth do and what can it do and what are you the boss of and you know all of those sort of things so look it, yeah I've I've used it it's been awesome to actually just get him to stop and think and because it's visual he, you know, they point and they look and they, yes. you know, so, so yeah, no, so thank you. You've helped me a lot in the last few weeks. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Yeah. It, I, it took me like, and when I, we wrote the original one at seven, he didn't oh, change no. overnight. They don't. It took many, many pointing out of, Hey, you need to be a good boss of your feet. 
go stand over there. Hey, you need to be a good boss of your arms. You know, don't hug the cat too hard. You know, all the different things that, and what it does is it teaches a child um, that they're, they're capable of being in control that, you know, and you can say things, and this is about being the boss of me, not about being bossy. I'm not the bossy you. I'm not being bossy. So you can say things as, you know, a a parent, uh, you know, some child's um, guardian and stuff and say, hey, do I have to be the boss of you right now? Are you going to go sit down? And every kid in the world, every kid says, you're not the boss of me. I don't care what language it is. (laughs) They they, they know that phrase. No, exactly right. Exactly right. And, you know, we get to hear it as mums a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where we get to turn it on. Yeah. And we get to say, you know what? I'm going to have to be the boss of you if you don't be the boss of you and do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And that can be, hey, do I need the boss, be the boss of you and come put you to sleep? You know, or do I have to be the boss of you and make you clean up your toys or eat your vegetables? You know, it's, it's wonderful that when they go, no, I'll be the boss of me. I'll eat all the veggies or whatever it is that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And now, and, and now your son is what? He's 20. 20. And at college mm-hmm. and he's the boss of him. <laughs> he is. And you know what? It's so neat because it developed this relationship between us that he still consults me on. Yeah. This. He was having problems his first year. You know, he has a full academic scholarship. He's at the number seven public university. I have to get the bragging. Yeah, no, that's at okay. the number seven public <laughs> university in the U.S. And um, he was really having a hard time his first semester. Yeah. And here we thought he was going to be this genius business major and all these things. It was not working out. It, he was miserable. He hated it. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, well, let's, you got to be the boss of you, Yeah. you know, let's look at different majors. Let's look at different things. So he consulted me on it. And, um, and we, I looked at a major called sustainability and I was like, what about this? This looks like you. And he looked at it and he was like, yes, that's what I want to do. And he switched his major. He is a straight A student. He is loving it. He took a a course this past semester called soil and it's all about dirt and he loved it. <laughs> no, I know, but it's fascinating. Uh, you know, I know you're saying it's dirt, but dirt is how we're going to survive on this planet, you know? So, uh, so exactly. it's, it's an awesome subject to actually study because we just, I think we don't think about it very much. So, wow. Okay. Like, yeah. and, and and I have to say, like, I know you like you're married, you have your husband and that's, you know, that's great. But like when you were going through this with him at seven, like you were a single mom. I was an only parent. I, I there was no father in the figure or no father in the in the thing at all. So I had to get really um, creative. I had to teach him how to throw a football. I had to teach him, you know, I had to do kind of the guy things and, and stuff. Yeah. And there were some things I just couldn't do. Um, but that's why I, I would write things down. That's why we created this book so I could get him to buy into it and really, you know, and then I could say, well, honey, you agreed that in order to be a good boss of your mouth, you wouldn't, I don't know, yell on the playground or whatever. That's not, that's not a horrible thing, but you know, just, it was getting, yeah, not yell at people basically. Yeah. 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 So it worked. Yeah, no, which is great. It's fantastic. You know, so where, where is your book at the moment? Is it it like, is it out there? Is it, um, uh, uh, how long has it been, how long has it been published? So I'm self-publishing it. I'm doing it all myself. Okay. I had, um, 1,020 books dropped on my doorstep on February 10th. I'm almost out. Oh my gosh. I've got, um, I've got, they're in different bookstores or in Wellesley Mass at uh, Wellesley Books. I just got a deal today for a bookstore in Iowa. I'm in, oh my gosh. yeah, in Ames, Iowa. I've got um, Alexander, Virginia at Whistle Stop Toys Shop. Um, but the easiest place to find me is at the website. It's www.imthebossofme.com. Cool. And 
yeah, you can order the books, stickers, T-shirts, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. And look, I've been on the website. Look, it does look awesome and it's great. Um, you know, the T-shirts are brilliant as well because they're sort of like quite cutesy as well. So that's, yeah, no, really, really good. Um, so, okay. So I'm going to, so that's great. That's the book and everything. But I'm just going to delve a little bit into you because okay. like you've done so much and like to come through like, as a single mom, bring up your son, now publishing this book, like who's been the most influential person on you? Like how have you got through all of this? Because it's been an up and down journey. You've had great highs with like managing a band and touring around the US and Europe and all of the fun things there and planning festivals and things. But then you've had some really rough times. Like you've just, you know, you've survived breast cancer. You know, you've had to single parent and you know, bring your son up with no partner involved. So, you know, you've been on your own as such. So um, there is none of this like your son at your ex-partner's for a weekend or a week or whatever to give you a break. (laughs) (laughs) No, that seems dreamy. (laughs) So like what motivates you? How, you know? Honestly, um, and I'm not saying this to be cheesy or anything, but the person that truly motivates me the most is my son. Um, when I had him, you know, I was I was in a relationship, and that relationship ended, um, and I kind of was in a in a not a happy place at all. Mm. It wasn't I wasn't uh, happy or thriving or anything, and he was born. And I kind of looked at him on that morning and was like, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to do it the right way and we're going to make it happen. Yeah. So I did things like I I moved back in with my mom so that I would have um, a safe place to, you know, raise him where I wouldn't have to work. I didn't want to drop him at daycare. So I really scaled back my life big time. And my mom was there for me. And let us move in. And, um, you know, and so I was able to be a full-time mom for the first two and a half years. Then the Smithsonian call. And before this year, and before your son came along, you had a completely different life, didn't you? I mean, it was like New York City, wasn't it? You were in New York City at the time. And it was full on, like, crazy. Oh, it was awesome. Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. It was like, that's what I'm saying. It was like, awesome. You were involved in so many different things. Yeah. And then you had to make a decision when your son came along and say, right, okay, yeah, I've got to bring this child up. Yeah. And it's just me. Yeah. And it was no more, um, no more rock festivals, no more theater. Well, I still did some theater festivals and stuff, mm. but I, it was, it was time to put on my big girl pants on and, and be a mom and put him yeah. first. And, um, and that's what I did. And all yeah. the decisions I started making instead of like, oh, I want to fly out to L.A. and there's a thing. And it was like, nope, we're going to stay home and, and uh, you know, watch Sesame Street, learn our ABCs and, and all that. Yeah. Stuff. And, you know, yeah, it was one of those when I when I decided that that's the path I was going to take. I just went full in and yeah, I decided that's what I was going to do. Yeah. No, and that, like the reason I want to cover that is because like we have so many discussions with people where they've gone, hey, it's great. I, you know, I've written this book and I've done all these things. Oh, yeah. And but it just, you know, it sort of distracts from the tough times that you've actually had to go through and get to the point oh. where you've written a book. And I suppose one of the reasons I started this podcast was to bring people on board like yourself mm-hmm. to say, hey, look what these people are doing. Look what's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, you out there can do this. Yes. And these people haven't had it easy either. It's, no. it's been tough. So um, I think it was, I, I'll have the year wrong. So somebody fact check me, but it was like 2007, 2008, the recession hit in the US and I got laid off and I, I couldn't find a job for um, a good solid year, year and a half. And, wow. Um, there were, and I was living in Seattle, which was one of the hardest hit cities. You had lawyers that were trying to get jobs as baristas at Starbucks and they couldn't, there, there was nothing, 
And I was living in Seattle. My whole family was back on the East Coast in Washington, D.C. And it was tough. I mean, I went from, I saw it coming. So, um, because I was working in nonprofit at the time. And I was like, I'm going from the bigger apartment and go down to a smaller. And I had gone down to an even smaller apartment going, you know, we'll be able to ride this out. And then I got laid off. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so, yeah, no, that life has not been all fun and games and smiles and roses. Um, I've made mistakes. I've made a bunch of different mistakes in, I probably mm. should have moved back East sooner than a year and a half, <laughs> into, you know, things like that. But um, I really believe that in life, things aren't bad. They're learning opportunities. Yeah. And so if you can frame it that way, like, okay, I had breast cancer. Uh, a lot of people that's, you know, I'm done. I've had cancer. And I just said, all right, I'm going. And they said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I don't want chemo. I don't want radiation. And they said, okay, um, let's see what type of breast cancer you have. And it turned out yeah. I had the kind, it was, I caught it super early and they yeah. said, all right, you don't need chemo or radiation. Do you want just a single mastectomy or a double? And I said, I'm going to do a double. And they're like, yeah. oh, you only need a single. We haven't detected any. We've done MRIs. We've done sonograms. We've biopsies. You're fine over there. And I'm like, I'm going to do a double. Um, they found Why, but that's a big decision. Huge decision. And, Massive. And it ended up on the table when they removed the left breast too. They actually found three different spots of cancer in there. And when they removed the right breast, they had found two extra spots of cancer that they hadn't found with the MRI and everything else. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where um, you just kind of take it. And I was like, all right, I have cancer. So did my grandmother and her two sisters. And so it's one of those things. I could be sad. And, you know, the one thing I did do, though, because we discovered I had cancer my son's senior year of high school, and um, we didn't discover it until April. So we knew that I was having precancerous cells. We had done a biopsy. And so um, in April, we did a full biopsy to remove that. And that's when we discovered uh, actual cancer. Yeah, geez. Doctors, they're like, so we can get you in next week. And I said, you know what? we're going to wait until after he graduates because it's bad enough that his mom gets cancer his senior year. We don't need me dying on the table right before he graduates. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so, well, it's just one of those things. Yeah. So I said, all right, we'll do it in June after he graduates. And that's exactly what we did. Okay. And that's when we found the other cancers and I had a very slow growing cancer. So yeah, it was, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, I was very, very fortunate. But, yeah. You know, you just got to get, you take what comes at you and you learn from it. Well, look, I, yeah, like I had a heart operation, uh, it'd be nearly three years ago. And exactly right. It's exactly what you say. You know, it was a shock that, you know, I had a, a regular heartbeat and things mm-hmm. like that. And I had a heart operation. And it makes you think about life differently, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like, you know, completely differently. And like, I'm, I know people can't see you as such but the thing is like you're sitting talking to me there's like if people get pick up on the mic that there's some wind and things blowing it's because you're sitting in a campsite in Florida like contacting me because there's been issues in America um and we're recording this with you sitting on a campsite away on holiday having a great time with you your husband and two dogs um so you know yeah so it's just brilliant and it looks fantastic um but yeah yeah it's we're we're stuck down here in Florida which, you know, it's a great place to be stuck in, but there was a gas crisis. So we we couldn't, we were going to be back last Saturday. We were going to be driving back. We have an Airstream travel trailer that we hooked to the back of our truck. We were going to be up there. We couldn't get back up the East Coast. There was no gas. There was a gas shortage. So we, you know, this was going to be held in my really wonderful office with a beautiful background. (laughs) going to look super professional. I was going to have my hair done. It was going to be fantastic. 
you get me at the campground. <laughs> yeah, campground in Florida with like lovely green, uh, green foliage behind you, yeah. which is just awesome. It's real. It's not a fake thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not fake. It's not one of these fake screens that get put up on Zoom or whatever. So no, yeah. it's awesome. So look, um, okay. So um, I know we've delved a bit into like who you are, but I think it's important because I like we've had conversations mm-hmm. prior to the podcast uh, interview. And look, I think it's important because you're you're such a wonderful person and you've done so many, so many great things, but you've also been through some tough times. So I wanted to actually sort of say, hey guys, you know, people listening to this, mm-hmm. like I know we talk about, oh, look what we've done and oh, this is all great and I've achieved so much, but there's a journey along uh, which we all go yep. that's, you know, it's peaks and troughs and um, highs and lows. Yeah. And it really, you know, it's, it's been the past couple of years have just been, you know, highs and lows, right? Like going back to the cancer thing, like, okay, we caught cancer. We caught it early. Awesome. Bad, but awesome. You know, what are you going to do? I'm going to have the operation after his graduation that, you know, so highs and lows. And then what are you going to do? you know, amputate one or amputate two, amputate two, Two. thank goodness, you know? And so that I'd love to say that was the hardest thing I've been through, but there've been other times, you know, teenage, just being a teenager is horrible sometimes. And Oh, don't tell me that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, being one, having one. Oh, being one, not having one. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think, uh, I think, don't worry. When he's a teenager, he'll be a great boss of his teenage years. He'll be the boss of his homework, the boss of his clean room. See, we can use it everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 no. It's awesome. It's awesome. He's, um, he's very determined, very headstrong and, um, that's good you can't oh it is it's like it's awesome it is very awesome but very frustrating for mummy when she you know he's persistent I think the persistency he has when he knows like he will not give up asking me to do something Mm -hmm. which is great and I love it and I don't want him to lose it but when it's the seventh time he's asked me and I'm trying to cook dinner or whatever I'm like dude honestly can you listen to what I said three times ago or whatever yeah. but yeah yeah it's good and like but these are the things I don't want to um I don't want to remove that from him because persistency is great but mm-hmm. um but it's exhausting. maybe in what well, it is I look it is but it's uh, like it's actually homing homing it to be more of a positive than a negative so he needs to be the boss of his ears and mm-hmm. listen exactly. to what I'm saying to him. Yeah, no, exactly right. And that's how I'm using the book yeah. to actually help him mm-hmm. to be the boss of his ears and listen to what I'm saying. And, um, you know. When you, you have a spirited child and that's a gift. Oh, it, it is. It seem like it all no. the time, but <laughs> it's a gift. Because yeah. you can't teach a child spirit. You can't teach them to have gumption. You can, so you've got one of those. Yeah. I had one of those. I'm still exhausted from it. And it's a good thing you're cute. But yes. yes. <laughs> but, you know, when you sit back and you go, hey, I need you to be the boss of your ears and listen to me. And then I want you to be the boss of your mind. And I want you to think about it. Yeah. And I want you to, you know, think about why I'm asking you this and think about why now is not a good time. So you put it all back on them. Yeah. And it, Builds their self-esteem. They start feeling capable. They start going, wait a minute. And it does take a while. It doesn't happen overnight. But it is it is something where they self-reflect. And the, instead of being told what to do their whole life, go do this, go do that, go do this, go do that. They sit back and they go, hey, I want to do this. How can I make that happen? Yeah. Or, hey, I got in trouble. I had a failure there. How am I going to get up from that failure? What am I going to learn? Yeah, and that's that's exactly where we're at at the moment is um, it's actually saying, hey, you know, failures are good. Um, you know, um, oh, he's, he has a little phrase that they've taught him at school and I can't remember. He said it this morning, actually, which is quite funny. But, um, yeah, they're teaching in the schools that, you know, um, having little failures is good. You know, it's uh, you learn from it. Yeah. So uh, and that's what I'm teaching him. And we were uh, you'll laugh because we were playing air hockey the other night. 
And he was getting very frustrated and very angry because he was losing. And I said to him, but you're focusing on losing. You're focusing on all the points you're losing. You need to focus on winning. So you have to focus on what am I doing that means that I'm losing. Learn from your losing Mm -hmm. and say, well, how do I change that so that I can win? And then the little bugger started winning. And yeah, and so mummy lost. But look, (laughs) that's okay. That's fine. Uh, But that's... It's stop focusing on what you don't want and start focusing on what you want. And it's so yeah. we're now trying to teach him that, which is going to be an uphill struggle, but it's fine. But, well, you know, so when Owen and I wrote the book 13 years ago, and it's a totally different book from the cute little one that that you've seen that, you know. Yeah. Um, we talked about all the things that you should do or could do and wrote them down. We also talked about what you shouldn't do, but we didn't yeah. write them down. They were just okay. for discussion, but we didn't put them on the piece of paper. We said, you know, we we said you should do this. And by the way, keeping your mouth shut is a good thing to do. <laughs> so that went on yeah. the paper. But I didn't say things like um, on the piece of paper. We didn't write down. Um, Don't yell at your friends or any. We discussed it, but instead we flipped it on the positive. We should use nice yeah. words in a friendly voice when talking to our friends. We should, you know. Th- doing all the things we didn't, we talked about, you shouldn't hit with your hands. We talked about it. We didn't write it down. Yeah. We said, you need yeah. to be gentle with your hands. We need to, and trust me, there are several times where I looked at my son and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know where you came from, but yeah. you know, you, and it's okay. That one time, oh my gosh, I came home from work and I just had had, it, it was probably right around the time of the recession because it was out in Seattle and I came home and he was like, Hey mommy, I don't even remember what he did. And I was like, not now, Owen. And he just looked at me and he just kind of shrunk. And I was like, and I I realized I just yelled at him for something that somebody had done to me. Either somebody cut me off in traffic or at work or whatever it was. I came home in a bad mood and he just kind of shrunk. And I was like, honey, I am so sorry. I just yelled at you and you didn't do anything wrong. And mommy is so sorry. His little lips started to quiver. He started to, he's like, Hi. and I was like, honey, no, it's me. I was, mommy shouldn't have done that. Mommy made a mistake. Yeah. I should not have done that. And, you know, we hugged and, and he was able, he was like, you scared me, mommy. And I'm like, did I really hear you? And he was like, no, <laughs> because it but, <laughs> But, you know, he was trying to get sympathy. So, but, and, but that was fine. You know, I had barked at him. I had yeah. misdirected anger at him, but I also, oh, I've him. done it. Yeah. I also said I, I was wrong. I shouldn't have yep. done that. Yeah. And I look at, yeah. And I agree with you. Like I've done it where I've like had a bad day or been tired. You know, they push buttons oh, at yeah. the end of the day, children push buttons. They're the best training for Man, you know, <laughs> learning patience yes. and um, and taking a deep breath and taking a step back. So me and my son at the moment are learning to breathe instead of actually shouting and getting angry at each other. Mm-hmm. He's trying to learn to control and breathe. And it's very funny because when I start to get angry, he goes, just breathe, mummy, just breathe, mummy. <laughs> and I'm, so, and it's quite funny because it's a real good a state changer when he just yep. goes, just breathe, mummy. And I go, oh, okay, yeah, no. He's picking up the cues that I'm getting angry because yeah. I've probably told him not to do something for six times or whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, and But it's also, you're very right in the fact that it is about saying, well, look, sorry, mummy, sorry. Mummy wasn't the boss of herself then right. or, you know, and I should be more the boss of me. And of um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, you know, this is not this is not the right way. Shouting at people is not the right way to control your anger. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to breathe, you know, and these and teacher. And so, you know, I need to be the boss of my anger and I need to be the boss of what I'm doing and to, you know, use that as such. Now, you know, it's funny you say breathing because when he was very little, I mean, baby, baby, he wouldn't Mm. he had a hard time sleeping and getting to sleep. So I would kind of spoon him and I would do deep breaths and breathe in Mm. and breathe out. And I'd try and match his pattern and slow the breathing down. 
And in my non-scientific head, I was quite sure that all the carbon dioxide or monoxide or whatever it was that I was breathing out might be helping him get to sleep. But yeah. um, I understand now that it's more just the breathing slowing down, Rhythm. the heartbeat, everything just... And we actually bought an app at one point in time on my iPhone that was pranayama breathing. And it and to this second, um, he has it on his phone and I have it on mine. And if there are times when uh, separately, you know, he's when he was going through his little crisis and uh, his mm. first semester in college, I'm like, do you have the pranayama app? And he's like, now I got to get back to that. And so the breathing thing is a really it your body has to calm down when yeah. you just breathe. It, it, it calms you. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's so good. You're teaching him that I, that's yeah. a plus on that. That's fantastic. Well, it just stops. Um, it just stops that, you know, and like, and he's, he's the boss of me to a certain extent, because if he's <laughs> noticing I'm getting angry or like I'm getting frustrated or uh, yeah, just, yeah. having a rubbish day yeah breathe mummy breathe mummy and yeah. like you know and when you have those days where you just sit there and all you want to do is howl yes. and cry yep. and um he just comes over and gives me a big hug and says right breathe mummy just breathe mummy it'll be okay breathe and you just go yep okay cool uh -huh. and I'm going I you know he's five and he's such a mature little monster yeah yeah and these all of this and I think the your book is very good at building conversation and communication between yourself and your child um because i think that's we we can't be the boss of them they are their own yeah. little people they are they have their own mind they want to do their own things and i think but it's actually about putting in place things that enable you to have a conversation with them and to recognize that they are their own little people but we can steer them and guide them but we can't control them. yeah you know it's you had asked me earlier what the age group age range was for this yeah and it's you know technically it's zero through like kindergarten and maybe first grade type um but it's a board book um and i also made it with the ink that kids can you know bite the book when they're babies and just suck on you know <laughs> they won't yeah. be poisoned um yeah that uh it really, it's there to open conversations and it's there to, to really be there and to help out. Some people are using it, you know, I have little animals in the corners. So you can sit back and say, oh, what's the dog say? You know, if you have a little, little one who's not going to sit and read a book and just wants to flip it, yeah. and, you know, throw it across the room and stuff. But you can say, oh, look, a doggy and, or a cat. What's the kitty say? Um, there are numbers at the top. It's a book that is teaching a little lesson. Um, I have found, I have parents that are writing me. I have a grandparent who wrote me and said, um, I know you meant this as a book for kids, um, but it's affecting me. And I'm mm. rethinking the way I'm doing things. And I'm rethinking about putting me first and being the boss of my life. You've given me, you've taught an old dog a new trick. And I just, it just, that just, I have all these wonderful unintended consequences of yeah. my son being mouthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With, no, which is like, which is great because yeah. he's grown up to be this awesome kid and and now what you created with him 13 odd years ago is like now helping other kids to be awesome yeah. and to recognize um you know, but, and like you said, body safety, and it's yes. so important, so important nowadays yeah. to just, and my biggest concern is that I have a boy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I want to bring up a boy who is body conscious of himself mm -hmm. and being confident in who he is, but also yep. to be aware and know that it isn't reasonable to and I mean, he's five, so, you know, it's still a learning process for them, but it isn't reasonable to hit somebody else or to touch them in an, an inappropriate area or whatever. Right. And it's all about permission based. And, you know, this all happens when like 
obviously, and it's sort of teaching them now so that when they become teenagers and when they get to, you know, be active sexually or whatever, that they actually are aware that no means no, you know, and, um, you know, no matter whether you think it doesn't mean no, it's no. So that's okay. Step away. And, you know, it's about being aware and respecting other people and what they want as well. I have a really neat, um, I'm, uh, I'm partnering with a group here in the U S but they're an international group called the, um, child rescue coalition and their entire, that all they do is they're getting child pornography off the internet. That's their goal. They want, that's it. And, um, when everybody was telling me, oh, your book will be great for child safety and stuff. I started researching different groups to see, you know, like, Ooh, who could I, who might yeah. want a part of this? What could we do? Well, they're talking about, um, they're talking about writing. I'm the boss of me and my internet safety or my online. Oh, that's awesome. Right? I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. I was just talking to Alex. Yeah. I've got to, so I'm trying, trying to get a friend of mine who, um, deals with all, um, cyber, um, uh, cyber hacking and, and, you know, other digital mm-hmm. things to come on the podcast because I think my other concern and there's a lot of concerns with him becoming older and being a teenager yes. is um this grooming my life the internet is so available and so out there oh. so there's you know it's yes. personal safety regarding being groomed online and there's so much goes on that we know we just don't even we're not oh. even aware of the cyberbullying um Actually, the effect that um, Instagram, TikTok, all of these things are having mm-hmm. on, we think they're innocent and, you know, oh, they're not having an effect. But, you know, the picture that they're painting, that everyone else is having a great time and, you know, everyone else's life is fantastic. Well, that's a snippet of what oh, we're yeah. seeing. It's not their life. Yeah. So, um, but it looks like it's their life. And my concern is the effect it's having on children yeah, basically the unrealistic expectations of what life is yeah that you're never sad you never have bad times you're just always well okay right now I am at the beach but yeah <laughs> but, I know which is great yeah but I'm not always here the past no, year I, I've been in my house not lit yeah. not leaving because of COVID yeah exactly and you know and all of the other things that have happened to you and and I suppose that's why I wanted to start I started this podcast because I was sick and tired as a single parent of seeing online images that basically said, oh, you know, single parents, we can have it all. And I'm like, well, we can have it all, but it's blimmin' hard work. And not at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you have to pace yourself. And do you know what? It's it's a roller coaster ride. It's There's some really dark times and there's some great times which, you know, can bring you to tears when you're watching your child, you know, graduate or, you know, um, be involved in some sport or yeah. whatever they're awesome but um but then you've got some dark times where you and COVID's not been great no no it's it's not been fun over here it has been yeah it is I think I think the U.S. probably handled COVID the least <laughs> I, I can't even come up with the word but it, yeah. it has not been fun dealing with COVID over here no I'm like why can't we all be New Zealand <laughs> they had six cases and that was it. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I, and we and we have and like we're in Australia and we're so lucky, but we've had issues with lockdown. So I was in lockdown for twelve weeks uh, with my son on my own, uh, trying to school him, etc., yeah. etc., et which like was great for relationship building and we definitely learned our boundaries and you know how to push each other <laughs> and stuff like that but um so that was good because I wouldn't have got that normally um but um but also ox you know on the other side it was hell because I had to oh yeah. you know 24 7 in 12 weeks and 12 weeks yeah no break yeah. um yeah no so you know and it's yeah, see I never had that I got him off to school. I was, you know, I got a job. He went to daycare, you know, things like that. So the, I know I've been, I've been saying my sister-in-law is, you know, raising my three nephews on her own. And, um, you know, I've just sat back and I'm like, you, you are amazing. Mm. You are like a super mom. I don't know. I, I said to her, I'm like, I have no idea 
Yeah. Thank goodness it happened when Owen was in college. Cause if this had happened when I was a parent and I had to just full stop yeah. and yeah. just raise him and not, and have to school him. And I mean, I can't tell you how much I appreciate teachers yeah. and you know, the people that help us take care of our kids. Cause it really takes a huge group, a, a, a good society and personal, professional, everything. Yeah. We can't do it on our own. It's not going to work. No. It just won't. And like, you know, I mean, I don't have family with me in Australia. My family's in the UK, but my friends have just been mm-hmm. my saviors, you yeah. know, and yeah. other single moms. And it takes time to build up that village that, you know, it does take time. But yeah, no, yeah. it is, um, it's, you know, you just, you find out an awesome group of people that you have around you. You sort of find out that some of them maybe aren't quite as awesome as you thought mm-hmm. they were, but that's okay. That's, you know, it's like, it's life, life happens and <laughs> people have different considerations that they need to actually, you know, deal with. It's okay. It's fine. I don't hold anything against anyone. It's um, yeah. we just get on with what we need to. It's good. It's great. Yeah. It's I, I had a situation where Owen was being mm-hmm. bullied on the, um, uh, on the, the school bus going to school and I posted it up on Facebook and I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, Owen's being bullied. I had people from all over my life, people in New York City, people in DC. Do I need to fly out there and, <laughs> and you know, ride the bus with him and stuff? And I'm like, yeah. well, no, but, you know, th- you know, and then I had um, what ended up happening was a good friend of mine sent me um, his iPod. His, was, this was back when there were iPods and it was yeah. a little iPod and it had a bunch of songs on it and he said have him listen to this put the earbuds in he can just ignore the bully the bully won't be and that's what Owen did yeah and um and it was just you know so it was neat that that's one of the things I like about social media is you're able to reach out to people all over I reached out on social media and was like okay who knows some good military boarding schools? Yeah. Because I think it's time for Owen to go to military boarding school. I think this is when he was about nine. And, you know, and it's, it's, I, I think you're right that, you know, we as adults probably post more of our failures or yeah. stressors or, you know, all the things we don't try and paint a rosy picture all the time. No. Um, on our social media. And I think the kids do. And I think it's, I think it does cause damage. I'm right there with you. I yeah. think the, the feeling that they have to be perfect and life always has to be good. It's just not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So look, thank you for coming on board here and, and talking to us today and letting us know about your book, which is awesome. I'm going to continue to use it. It's so good to <laughs> actually just get him focused on being the boss of him. Yeah. And thank you for like telling us a little bit about like, who you are and how you've got here because like that's been an eye opener and it's like very good that um people actually understand that like life's not rosy and Mm. you know it's great I'm just noticing that that you're getting darker and darker (laughs) and I'm just conscious that you'll be because it's nighttime where you are and morning where we are um but uh yeah you'll be sitting in the dark with the light from your uh, laptop shining on us um Look, final, final, final question um, is um, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, I've, if I had a superpower, I would want to be like Wonder Woman and have a lasso. But instead, oh, of, okay. instead of the lasso of truth, I want the lasso of accountability. So that, it, right? So you could sit back yeah. and you could lasso somebody and go, all right, now what's your part in that? And, and they would have to tell the honest accountability of what it was. Okay. And so, you know, that's, that's something, it's like the lasso of truth, but it's, it's kind of more of an introspection that they have to say out loud, like, well, I'm the one that, you know, didn't put gas in the car. So that's why I ran out uh, yeah. the highway. That would be yeah. one of my goofs my husband yeah you about (laughs) you know the lasso of accountability I think that's and hopefully with the book we won't need such a thing because we'll have this generation of kids that are accountable that have great self-esteem that can um handle failure can cope being able to yeah failure 
um, that can handle diversity and realize how awesome it is that you're going to learn from somebody who's different from you. They're not scary, yeah. they're just different. And um, to be able to be safe with their bodies. That's yeah. That's that's my goal. And that and to take over the world. But that's I'll, yeah. I'll start with children's uh, books. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. No, awesome. Look, Casey, thank you for coming and speaking yesterday. It's been awesome speaking to you. Um, it really is good. And look, if our listeners want to connect with you online, then they can go to the um, your website you mentioned earlier, which was uh, www.imtheboss.me. Yeah, I'm the boss of me.com. Com. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. my Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. All this stuff is there. Emails are there. Um, I'd love cool. to have people reach out to me. People are sending me videos of their kids oh, reading cool. the book and I don't post them online because I think yeah. that can be dangerous. Wow. Yeah. But um, it just, it warms my heart. It just seeing yeah. all these little kiddos just loving the book. So no, that's awesome. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Well, look, have a fantastic evening where you are. Thank you. Um, and um, yeah, speak to you soon. Yes, absolutely. I, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Claire. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey, and Twitter. Have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself, and remember, no one's perfect, and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin, and you've been listening to the Strong, Single, and Human podcast.